Welcome to the Fertility Stories podcast. This is your host, Mary Sodden, naturopath and fertility coach. I help women go from frustrated, overwhelmed, and isolated to calm, confident, and in control of their fertility. I'm passionate about helping women get pregnant and stay pregnant. Each week, I have a real and empowering conversation with everyday women and men struggling with fertility to bring you hope, comfort, and support. This is our story. Welcome to the Fertility Stories podcast. Hey, happy to be here. Can you tell us about yourself? Sure. So um, I'll start with my name. I'm Marguerite. I am, I'm not shy about it. I'm 38 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm Virginia. I was that I am a workaholic. Um, num- my job comes, number one, um, I am a lawyer by training but I've been focusing on infrastructure and um, transportation and private partnerships. So that is my, my jam on um, mm-hmm. I'm not working. I'm not working. I'm usually hanging with my dogs, doing yoga, just doing what I feel like doing at that moment and spending time with friends and family. I think that's that's pretty big too. Friends and family um, come as a very close second to oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Can you tell us more about your fertility journey? Sure. I've been married for nine years and we've been trying since day one. Uh, well, I've been, in, been unsuccessful <laughs> for those years, but I would describe our journey as passive aggressive because there were definitely mm-hmm. periods of time where we were just completely, um, you know, relaxed about it and we're right. all about the mindset that, you know, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. There are other more pressing things in our life right now. But there were definitely periods mm-hmm. of time where we were super, where, where I would say we were super aggressive, um, you know, um, slavery. You tried everything that's good. Yeah, exactly. Trying everything, mm. slavishly researching supplements and taking all of them. <laughs> um, mm. And I would say that we, um, so n- we we've been trying naturally um, mm-hmm. for I would say the better part of seven years, but these past two years we've been trying to be we've been more aggressive about it. We were working with a doctor trained in NAPRO technology. And then when that didn't work, uh, we mm-hmm. recently started uh, IVF. Okay. Can you tell us more about first the NAPRO doctor and how it's different from the IVF? Sure. Or, well, maybe as a starting point, I'll, I'll compare my experience with the NAPRO technology doctor versus my experience, my previous experience, which was mostly with, um, I would say, um, 
um, gynecologist, the, the family doctor, family doctors. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, yes. So all those doctors that I had previously worked with had uh, diagnosed my husband and I as having unexplained infertility. They just mm-hmm. couldn't figure out what was wrong. Right. So when we went to a napro, a napro doctor, the first thing our doctor told us was that, well, with napro, you'll find it's going to be the opposite. You'll find out everything that's wrong. And, oh, no. <laughs> and she and she was right. So there were there were a battery of tests um, with napro. I think a key feature is in their in their method is the Creighton fertility charting method. So um, this might be too much information, but I became very involved mm-hmm. with my cervical mucus. <laughs> and, right. Uh, yes. Charting you knew it. your body. Yes, and yeah. tracking it. Um, I also mm-hmm. learned that I had a host of uh, interrelated horm- hormonal issues. I had a, um, I had a, a not a brain tumor but uh it's a it's a um what do you call it i had it it, the result was okay um a growth the result growth growth, yeah the result of this growth was that my prolactin was extremely high and um Mm, a prolactinoma yes prolactinoma there you go thank you yeah (laughs) um I also had uh, my my estrogen and my progesterone were also not rising to the right levels um, for mm. ovulation. So I did have some ovulation disorders. I also learned that I had mm. um, endometriosis and they recommended that I undergo uh, laparoscopic surgery, which I did. And that's when they confirmed that I did have endometriosis. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, my, my journey with NAPRO ended when my doctor basically said that, well, she, she tried to, we tried to do a, a timed ovulation uh, method, but I had a bad reaction to letrozole. So when I asked oh, her for what us, happened, uh, I got, I got, um, um, uterus, oh, sorry, ovarian cysts. I developed ovarian cysts. Okay. Mm-hmm. When right. that and it happened two months in a row, and when when that happened, when that started to happen, I asked her what are the alternatives. She offered other alternatives, um, such as I, I think there was this, this there's this method called mini HCG, and which mm-hmm. involved you know very very specific timing and. Um, at the time, my husband was traveling a lot, so that just didn't work mm-hmm. for us. And that was, right. I believe, a turning point when when we decided to do IVF. Okay. It, yeah. Was it a big decision to decide to pivot and try something new? It was a big decision. And for many years, I sort of resisted emotionally resisted the idea of IVF because I felt it was too intrusive, uh, too expensive. And um, yeah, I felt that it would be it would it would definitely prompt a lot of changes in my current lifestyle, mm-hmm. which it, it, it that's all true. <laughs> but at that point, right. after 
you know, maybe seven, eight years uh, of, of struggling, I felt that it was the right time. My body felt ready and, and then my mm-hmm. husband was on board. So we did, we went for IVF. Mm, yeah, that's, that's key that you're finally, your mindset has shifted and your body and your mind, plus your husband is on board with everything. Right. That's with going to the next level. Yes, yes, yes. Treatment. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was definitely, we definitely felt that we were at the place, we were in such a place to take it, to take our journey to the next level. And that that's what IVF has felt like. I would say, um, and with IVF, um, I guess one of the major changes I've made is a holistic lifestyle change. I just, I'm just a firm believer of, you know, naturally coaxing your body to to function, to and in this in this case to pro to mm-hmm. procreate, to reproduce. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So I I am a firm believer. I was always a firm believer. I've always been a firm believer of um, complementing IVF or you know more science based methods with natural methods. And I've always mm. and I've also I've concluded I conclude I've concluded at the back of my mind. Hey, if if we are not successful with IVF, at least I come mm-hmm. out of this as a better, stronger, and fitter person. And um, right, that's a good attitude to have. Yes, yes, thank you. With everything that's going on, mm-hmm. can you tell us more about your IVF journey? Sure. So um, specifically, we are um, we've done well. Okay. So when I first um, met my reproductive endo- endocrinologist. He died, he ran a couple of tests, just a few tests because my NAPR doctor had ran a battery of tests at this point. Right. Um, yes. And he came to the conclusion that, well, we had, uh, well, first I had diminished ovarian reserve and it was a huge blow. Mm-hmm. I think my, mm-hmm. my AMH levels were at 0.38. And I think normal levels should be at one, one point five or above one. So that was a that was a pretty mm-hmm. huge blow to me because I never thought that I was that dysfunctional. <laughs> um, and my husband, mm-hmm. um, he found that my husband had um, some sperm morpho- morphology and motility issues. Um, but his biggest concern okay. was his biggest concern was the diminished ovarian reserve. So immediately right. his conclusion was let's do IVF. And so what mm-hmm. the method ha- so so um I made I guess I made a personal decision to do just because I guess conscious of my age and right. um and also because I it's I'm I'm currently you know just in the right circumstances at work where uh, my boss allows me the flexibility um, to be having treatment that's at great. the same time as work. That's a bigger mm-hmm. deal. That's very you. Yeah, that's a, that's a big yes, one. Yes, yes, yes. So because there were... Especially the early morning cycle monitoring treatments and you have to go in early. and Definitely. And, you know, you never... It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's tricky because you'll never really know. It's not like you can plan for a leave or to come in late. A week in advance. Yes. <laughs> right. It's a yeah. last minute thing. And 
yeah, my boss has been pretty mm-hmm. understanding. So yeah, it was the I was in the right mix of circumstances. So I felt that it that it would be right for me to do successive egg retrievals, and then um, when we when my husband and I, you know, determined that you know we had enough that we would do a transfer, a, fr- a frozen transfer. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But as with any fertility journey, and I'm sure I, you know people who are similarly right. situated would know this, you can't really completely plan. You can't plan for mm-hmm. the most part. Right, so, yes. Um, so what had happened was uh, early on, um, we were just because I, I produced very few embryos, so we had decided not to mm-hmm. do pre-genetic um, testing on the embryos. Screening. Okay. Screening, pre-genetic screening, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so which 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 then meant that it made really less sense to do a frozen transfer. So after what uh, um, when I did my first egg retrieval, the doc or doctor was already advising us to try for a fresh transfer just because he thought the circumstances were, you know, all aligned. Uh, progesterone, progesterone and estrogen levels were were right. Uh, mm-hmm. Uterine lining was right. Um, but well, we 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 still wanted to um, stick to our plan of doing successive egg retrieval. So we said we decided we'd do a fresh transfer uh, after our second retrieval. Okay. And um, so we went through our, our second egg retrieval and things were going according to plan. And my, my, my condition was right, was ripe again for a fresh transfer. So we decided, hey, let's do a fresh mm-hmm. transfer. And on the day of the fresh transfer, um, my husband came down with a fever. And this was recent. And um, right. at this point in time, we were already suspicious that he had COVID-19, but he just hadn't had that mm-hmm. symptom of having a fever. And we had gotten advice yeah. that uh, if he did develop one, then he most probably had it. So that morning, okay, my, 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 my transfer was scheduled for noon, about mm-hmm. um Two hours that morning, my husband developed a fever. So about two hours before the transfer, you know, we just both felt that it was the ethical thing to do. We didn't want to expose anyone to what he could possibly have. Mm-hmm. And we canceled. Right. <laughs> and so now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. so, so now our M babies are, are happily frozen. Mm-hmm. And we just can't wait to meet them and to have them with us. But for now, uh, as what this journey has taught us, uh, you just have to be open and accepting to anything that will happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially with the um, pandemic going on, everything is on hold and you just have to wait, I guess. At least you have embryos frozen and waiting for you, <laughs> which, is, which is great. Yes, yes, and um, yeah, and I've uh, I mean, I picked this up from from someone else, but I've come to accept it as well. You know, you're, you, you're. I believe I'm meant to mm-hmm. be a mother. 
And it's just a matter of my child, our children, picking the right time when they want to come in, yes. into this earth, <laughs> you know, to be mm-hmm. our children. So it, it's, it's, it's a timing that's entirely outside my mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, that's a, a beautiful way of putting things into perspective. And I am so positive that oh, you will be a mother. You'll hold your baby soon in your arms. Yes. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. Very exciting. Can you tell us what are the top things that you do consistently for your health? For my health. Okay, so these are the habits I recently picked up. And I must say that I think these habits have served me for the best because my husband did test positive. Mm-hmm. And you did it. For COVID-19, <laughs> he was... Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. And he was a severe case. And I was exposed to him for like three weeks mm-hmm. in a very small Close environment, yeah. you know, space-constrained apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it served me well. So um, top habits. Um, I would say eating right. Um, I've switched my diet to mostly plant-based. I do still have um, meat but I always cook my meat mm-hmm. now. Um, I mean, I will, sorry, I've always cooked my meat, but um, like no raw sushi or anything. But no, no okay. raw. Yes, yes, yes. And um, um, I also pick my meat. You know, clean um, beef, beef, uh, pasture-fed beef, organic chicken. I've also tried to eat more cleanly and switch to healthier oils. That's um, great. So that's one food. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. And then second is. Um, getting enough sleep mm-hmm. and quality so sleep. So important, yes. <laughs> yeah, so important. So things like you know, switching off your phone mm-hmm. an hour before you want mm-hmm. to fall asleep um, so that you get quality sleep, right? Just not any kind of sleep, but quality mm-hmm. sleep. Um, and then I would say I, I've also um, recently acquired the habit of meditations mm, that's, that's great. meditating um yeah, yeah yeah i and i feel it you know just makes my mind stronger just re- relaxes me a lot more mm. um gives me a time to just you know be by myself be with myself and my thoughts um i think that's that's been good for me and well i i guess the other thing is i've also been more consistently exercising i've really gotten into into hot oh, yoga that's good so yeah yeah, yeah. so it's a um, holistic lifestyle mm-hmm. changes and i'm i'm just happy about these changes i've made and i feel good that, i think that's numero exactly <laughs> it makes you feel good it boosts your immune system it prepares you for that coming transfer which which is key Right. What is your message to women out there struggling with infertility? So, uh, um, I would say my key my key message would be: well, first you you need to be open to a myriad of curveballs mm, no that kidding. will come your way. <laughs> no kidding, right? You would think that let's say you've chosen to do IVF, you would think that you would able to plan a little mm-hmm. more because, you know, it's science and medication yes. and things are more precise, but it's really not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I would also say that it starts with, I think, self-love and loving your your body because you you and your body need to work together very mm-hmm. well because that's what that's what having a baby means your body you know our our bodies are naturally made to um produce to create and bear children mm-hmm. so it's you really need to get your body to cooperate with you mm-hmm. um to do what it do what it's meant to do and um yeah so just just struggle try to stay positive mm-hmm. yeah. and love your body perfect that's a that's a great message for all the women out there struggling and waiting for their own baby yes <laughs> yes the weight can kill you yes mm-hmm. exactly well thank you so much marguerite for sharing your story and your journey with us today i really appreciate it and you're welcome and you know thank you to mary for having me over and you know we've 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 known each other for a while so it's you've also been a great source of support and information oh, and anytime. I think you really started you really started me on this thinking that um you know science needs to be complemented by um natural holistic methods I agree so thank you you're welcome <laughs> How awesome was that? If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe and I would love to receive a review from you. And let's keep this conversation going. What is your fertility journey like? How are you choosing to be compassionate with yourself? Subscribe to the Fertility Stories podcast. I've got a new episode coming your way next week. And until then, talk soon.